Uh, I understand. Uh, do we have President Trump on the line, uh, Mr. President? You do indeed, John. You do indeed. How <laughs> well, are you? I, I am fine and well. And uh, in the studio with us, we have Judge Weinberg, Richard Weinberg, Ed Cox, sure. and Tony Carbonetti, and uh, Rita oh, Cosby, myself. Good. And of course, we have Margo. Say hello to Margo. Hi, Mr. President. How are you? Hi. Hi, Margo. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I just want you to know I pray for you every day, and I wish uh, you the thanks. best, and I'm I'm there behind you supporting you. That is so nice. That's so great. You're a fantastic Is that an family. official endorsement? For me, yes. Wow. Oh, see, you got at least one official endorsement. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. I wonder if I can get John to do an endorsement, Margo. What do you think? Huh? I would love to have that. I'll work on him. Don't worry. Okay. That sounds good to Mr. me. Mr. Trump, what? Uh, yes. President Trump, I've endorsed you for 40 years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember that's the true. only the the only complaint you had about me is uh, when President Clinton used to come to my house, it tied up the traffic all the way to Trump Tower. I think that's true. I think that's true. That's actually true. no. You've always been with me, John. I like I like that. I like your endorsements. Well, thank you so much, and uh, work hard because our country needs you. Okay, well, I'll do that, John, and you just take care. And, Margo, thank you very much. Having your endorsement is actually much more important. You know that, right? Uh, but I think yeah. I have. Yeah, I, I know that. I, have John, I think I have John's endorsement, too. I'm pretty sure. I think sure. so, yes. <laughs> well, let's go to the interview, Rita, and uh, let's bring in uh, uh, the, the president on the interview we have. Absolutely. Here's some breaking news, guys. Breaking news, WABC. A big exclusive interview today on Cats and Cosby, and we welcome the 45th President of the United States and someone who may be the 47th President as well. Welcome to Cats and Cosby, President Trump. Great to have you here. Well, thank you very much, Rita. It's great to be with both of you. John is a special friend of mine, and he's an amazing guy, and it's great to be with you both. Congratulations on the new book. You uh, you moved me one yeah. step below uh, on uh, everything else, and, and uh, the book, I understand, <laughs> is number one on Amazon, and uh, yeah, and, and and you'll make another billion. Yeah, well, it's been a successful book, and people love it, and it uh, it opened at number one, and it's probably going to be there for a long time, and it's uh, it's quite interesting. I will say that, John. It really is. People people have liked it. And by the way, everybody, you can get it at 45books.com or Amazon.com because it is number one. Go ahead, John. And uh, Mr. President, uh, uh, there's a few letters that you consider extra special. Uh, right. And tell us, tell our audience and our listeners, wh- which letters you consider extra special in the book? Well, there are so many. And, you know, somebody was saying yesterday how diverse it is. I never even thought of that because it's showbiz, it's politics, it's business, it's people like you. It's everything. And, and uh, you know, covers a lot of territory. So uh, I guess I've been in a lot of different uh, fields with The Apprentice and uh, even the book business, because I've had a lot of bestsellers, as you know. And this one is uh, look, looks like it's really doing something. But And the real estate business and Manhattan and a lot of other things. So it's, a, it's very diverse. There are a lot of interesting letters. There's a letter uh, from uh, Richard Nixon saying that his wife, Pat, saw me on the, uh, uh, well, let's just say a show, and uh, a show on television, and she thought that it was wonderful. She thought it was so great, and she thought I should run for politics and all this. And he was telling me this a lot because I got him to know a little bit after he was out of office. But I got I got to know him. He was a tough guy, very very complicated man actually. But he was uh, you know a lot of a lot of good things too. But uh, she said uh, if he runs, he will. The Phil Donahue. He if he runs, he will. Absolutely, he'll be winning, and he would tell me that a lot. Uh, I have letters from Lady Di. I have an interesting letter from Andrew Lloyd Webber inviting me to the opening of a musical that he was going to be putting on. This is like 32 years ago. It was Phantom of the Opera, right? He said, a new musical called Phantom of the Opera. I think you'll enjoy it to opening night. And so I went to opening night and uh, with him and some people. And it was Phantom of the Opera. And look how that turned out, right? It was, you know, one of the most successful ever. It ran for 35 years. Yeah, amazing. Actually amazing. And uh, so, you know, there's just a lot of of great letters. Lady Dyson, some interesting letters. And uh, actors and business people and all famous. Oprah sent a letter saying, we got to run together. If we ran together, it would be a winner. I, I think she was sort of probably doing it for fun. Uh, but she meant I had I had a great relationship with Oprah. 
until I ran for politics, in which case, you know, uh, it was a little bit different. And that was the case in a lot of cases. And in a lot of cases, it didn't make any difference, John. Um, uh, Mr. President, uh, since you've left office, the wor- world has fallen apart a little bit. Yep, and, that's uh, true, John. I've been saying it on our radio show, me and Rita, that uh, uh, they, the Democrats and President Biden was supposed to make the poor people work for the poor people in the middle class. But the poor people got poorer. The middle class got poorer and a trillion dollars worth of wealth has moved from North America to Russia and the OPEC nations. Yeah, we've uh, never had a time like this ever before. We had the greatest period of time ever during my administration, especially in the area where, you know, pre-COVID, where I mean, literally the day before COVID, I was meeting with some political people, and they were saying there's never been a time like this. You could have Lincoln and Washington running against you as president and vice president, and they couldn't beat you. You know, we had everybody was taking care of African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-American, Hispanic. I mean, they were doing so great, everybody. And uh, people with diplomas, people without diplomas, people that went to MIT, Harvard, and the Wharton School of Finance, and also people that didn't have a high school education. Everybody was doing great, men and women, everybody. And then it just it was all self-inflicted what what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country, poisoning our our population. Uh, The people are coming in. I think it's going to be 15 million people, John and Rita, when when you look at the end of this year, 15 million people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that I, you know, put in. And they're going to be flooding into our country and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. It's crazy what what's happening. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the people they're coming from prisons, they're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. And these countries are all dumping them at our doorstep and saying, you take them. We don't want them. And the problem is our country isn't equipped for this. Think of it. Prisoners and people from mental institutions. It's like we're a dumping ground and it's a disgrace. We had the strongest border we've ever had. And now we have, I think, the worst border in the history of the world. Even if it was a third world nation, they wouldn't allow this to happen. What's happening now? Millions and millions of people are just walking right into our country. It's it's the biggest problem we ever had. Uh, they're attacking our borders. Uh, they've killed over 100,000 with fentanyl in the last yep. 12 months. Uh, it, it's just out of control. It's an invasion. It's an invasion, no different than an army. And they're killing our people in many ways, including with disease. You know, you have people coming in that are that have disease and they're, they're killing. We're, what we're doing is insane. And they're destroying our country. And, you know, if you look at Afghanistan, that horrible withdrawal, their, their surrender, whatever you want to call it, they took the military out first. For 18 months, we didn't lose one soldier in Afghanistan because they knew they knew what the repercussions were going to be. And I was taking them out, but we would have taken them out with strength and dignity, and we would have kept Bagram Air Base. You know, the Bagram Air Base, one of the biggest in the world, it's one hour away from where China is and where they make their uh, nuclear weapons. And we were going to keep it. Now China has it. It's, it's not it's even believable what they did. Um, Rita, you wanted to? Yeah, I want to get your reaction, Mr. President, to uh, what President Biden just said just a few hours ago. He was at a press conference at the White House and um, he was asked um, about you at the end. And he said, I know him well. I know the danger he presents to our democracy. We've been down this road before. What's your reaction to that? Well, he doesn't know me at all. We've virtually almost never met. I mean, he doesn't know me at all. Uh, he probably thinks he knows me because it's in, you know, it's in his brain. He doesn't know me at all. And we had a disgusting election, a disgusting result. And what they did was a disgrace to our country. And it's going to be written about in the history books. But no, I don't know him, actually. I don't know him. And uh, he knows that, but he probably maybe doesn't know it. 
But if you think about MAGA, make America great again, he's attacking MAGA, make America great again. He's destroying America. That administration is destroying America. And look, he announced for presidents yesterday, for president, and he did it through a video. He didn't even stand behind a podium and make an announcement. Who's ever heard of a thing like this? You don't do that. You get up and you say, I'm going to be running for re-election or president, and, and that's the way it is. But he did it through a video. It's pretty sad. When he was pretty running sad. against you, I guess uh, uh, they were hiding him in the uh, in the basement. And when he came out yeah. of the basement, uh, they had a, a 12 people, of which eight people were staff. No, uh, look, uh, it's a very bad. And it's not age, because I know people in their late 80s and 90s that are 100%. It's not age. It's not an age thing. It's uh, There's something cuckoo. There's something wrong. And we just can't afford to do this. You know, uh, we could end up in World War Three because of this man. He has no concept of what's going on. He has no concept of what he's what he's doing. And we're dealing with nuclear weapons. We're dealing with nuclear countries. And, you know, the, the Iran nuclear deal was the worst deal. I ended it. And we would have had to deal with them with no nuclear weapons, no nothing, had the election not be rigged, not been rigged. And what happens is, John, if you take a look at what's going on with, you know, the, all they do is talk about nuclear war now. We didn't talk about nuclear war. You can't mention the word. You cannot mention the word because the power is so devastating. And we have somebody that's grossly incompetent and he doesn't know what he's saying and he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's dealing with people like President Xi and others that are extremely he, he has no clue their game. He has no clue. The Mr. Mr. President, and, I've uh, said to everybody at our five o'clock show every day, uh, they the world leaders respected you. They respected you. They feared you. And uh, you were a symbol of America. You were a symbol of the free world. And uh, the problem we have right now, the other countries have no respect. Saudi Arabia, no, no respect. The, no. The, the Russians and Chinese are making their own access of power right. uh, and signing up uh, all the other countries. And they're moving and they away from us. the dollar standard, John. And if that happens, that will be like losing a, a major war. If we lose the dollar and the dollar standard, and that's what they want to do. And if you look, Brazil, Colombia, Russia, China, whenever they want, and many other countries. Look at France is going over and dealing with Xi. Look at Saudi Arabia. And I, they're great people. They're friends of mine. But they're now negotiating. They're now with Iran. And it was put there by China. Who thought this stuff would happen. These alliances are forming that are massive against us. We have no alliance. We're, we're losing our The problem is, Mr. President, the problem is uh, Saudi Arabia always supported the United States. The rest of those countries yeah. always supported the United States. They yeah. don't trust President Biden. Well, and look at also no, the Abraham Accords, too. Everyone talked yeah. about the incredible success, and now we see what's happening in Sudan. You know, the one thing um, yeah. that President Biden said a little bit ago, and and it's, uh, it's such a contrast, John, to what you were just saying, too, is he said, uh, we inherit a nation with a serious loss of credibility around the world. He kept kind of blaming you for the economy, blaming you uh, for the standing. What do you say to that after you hear uh, what John so eloquently uh, it's so, said? It's so crazy. They are a party of disinformation, and that's all they do is disinformation. Uh, we, What he did with, if you look at Afghanistan, that was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Russia would have never gone into Ukraine, ever. And China, by the way, would never have even thought about going into Taiwan. This was the most, and now that's all they're thinking about. This is this is the most. This was the most embarrassing thing in the history of our country. The way we left Afghanistan when we left there, we we surrendered. And I think what happened is Putin said, "Oh wow, this is our chance to do this." They would have never done that. First of all. We would have been out of Afghanistan, but we would have been out with tremendous strength and dignity. Think of it. We didn't lose a soldier in 18 months. Not one soldier was, was even shot at because they know if they did that, they'd have hell to pay. And now you look at what's happening in Afghanistan. You look at what's happening everywhere. What what happened is it was so bad. It was so we left 85. You know, I rebuilt our military. We left 85 billion, 85 billion dollars worth of equipment behind. And Afghanistan now is one of the largest sellers of military equipment. It's one of the largest in the world. 
because they're selling. We left seven, 70,000 vehicles, 70,000, 700,000 guns, rifles, night goggles, helicopters, tanks, planes. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's just what, what has happened to our country in the last two and a half years has never happened before. It's gross incompetence. And I think people aren't going to put up with it. And they use the they've weaponized the justice system like never before. And of course, there are many victims of it. But I'm sort of the uh, I'm sort of the one, and I'm honored to do it because you know what we we have shown levels of corruption that nobody's ever seen. Our country is corrupt, and it's not respected anywhere in the world. It's not respected. We're losing all of our alliances. And if, I'm telling you, we're going to lose the dollar standard. And John is a great businessman. John knows better than anybody losing the dollar standard, losing, losing this incredible thing that's been that's taken hundreds of years to build. If you think about it, John is going to be, uh, you know, is going to be the end. We'll become a second rate nation. Wow. You're already know, a failing nation. You know, President Trump, I want to ask you, too, about some headlines about the debate. Um, there was word that you may not uh, do a Republican debate. Is that true or, or not? Well, I'm leading by 40 points. And a lot of people say, why would you do a debate when you have people at two and three and 15 and 14? And uh, DeSanctis is coming way down. You know, he's he's really showed his stuff. Don't forget, when I supported him, he was a failed candidate. And then when I supported him, he won. And everyone said, oh, that was a good job. The only thing good, he got my endorsement and he went way up, you know, over a period of immediately. He went way up. We took a little ad. We showed that ad. You probably saw it. I mean, he even said, when you supported me, it wasn't the thing to do. And that's right. And then he wanted to run. I don't know if he honestly, I don't know whether or not he's going to run because he's lost all of his support. He's campaigned very poorly. And he's lost so much support that I don't know if he's going to run. If he does, that's fine. But with the debates, why would I debate when everybody is? And if you look back at history in terms of these primaries, people don't debate when they have these massive leads. They say, why Why would we debate? And I have a hostile, I would have a hostile group of anchors, a hostile network asking questions. Why would I do that? And you're up with the people. And, you know, my my popularity is the highest because, you know, part of the reason it's the highest is because the people in office right now are doing so badly. I mean, they're so bad that it's very high. So I don't know that I do the debate. The Reagan Library is, is, you know, nice, but the Reagan Library is run by The Washington Post. Who wants the Washington Post? Why is the Washington Post running the Reagan Library? You know, the publisher of the Washington Post is the chairman of the Reagan Library. And that's where one of the debates would be. I don't want to be there. if But the Washington Post runs the Reagan Library. Can you believe that? Well, that's news to me. I didn't know that before, but uh, thank yeah. you for that news. Uh, and uh, Mr. Fred President, Ryan is uh, the chairman. Think of this: Fred Ryan is the CEO and publisher of the Washington Post. He's the chairman of the Reagan Library. Understood. Who wants to go? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there when he's the chairman. Washington Post is the enemy of the people, along with the New York Times and others. And well, uh, so you know. So I don't know. Look, when you're way up. Rita, you know this very well. When you're way up, you don't do debates. If you're even or down, you do debates. But when you're way up, what's the purpose of doing the debate? Now, the debate of the other candidate, you do. You know, you have a Democrat, you have a Republican, you have really an obligation to do that. But you don't have an obligation when you have people like, I won't mention names, but everybody's at 1% and DeSantis is way down. I mean, he's losing by 30, 40 points. Well, uh, Mr. Ed Cox, uh, the New York State chairman, was here with me before, and he said, uh, I recommended to my uh, father-in-law, President Nixon, not to debate. And if uh, he didn't debate, he would have won. Well, Ed's a good guy, too, uh, I will say. But, uh, well, he did. He did debate. And he wasn't a bad debater. He got a little, you know, he got a little, uh, I think he got a little fake news and a lot of, because if you watch that debate, he didn't do poorly in that debate at all. But, no, it's it's true. You have, we'll have... Uh, let's say a hostile network asking questions like you remember when I originally did the debate, I came out great. I did very well in the debates. They say I won every single debate. But when Megyn Kelly asked me that very harsh question and then Brett Baer uh, asked a very harsh question about 
Will you support? I was the only one that said, no, I'm not going to support somebody. But everybody else raised their hand. They'll support anybody on the stage. And I said, no, I'm not going to support anybody on the stage. I'll support some, but I'm not going to support others. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great. It was it got a it got a lot of applause. I will tell you that it was pretty wild. We had a we had a good time. But when you're way up, you don't do a debate. Why would you do a debate? A lot of people said they agree with me on that. There's no upside to doing a debate. Ed, Ed said he tended to agree with me on that, too. That's interesting. There's no there's no upside to doing a debate. Uh, yep. You could debate your opponents on Democratic Party. Uh, but there's no upside in doing a debate in, uh, uh, in the Republican Party if you have a, if you're 30, 40 points ahead. Now, if you're tied, if you're a little ahead, if you're a little behind, you should definitely debate. But what's the purpose of doing it? You mean you're going to have people that are at 1% and less than 1% asking you questions? It's sort of like crazy. I think. Mr. President, uh, what would you like to tell all Americans uh, at this point? Because I think our country is in trouble and uh, we need somebody that's going to have some world respect. Well, you don't think our country is in trouble, John, because you, you, you are a smart guy. You know our country I know is in trouble. Country. I know our country is in trouble. And I would say this. There has never been a time where our country is in more danger, and that's because of the nuclear, that's because of the weaponry that you have today that you didn't have in World War One or World War II. Uh, there's never been a time where we were at, in more danger. This is the most dangerous period of time ever in our country. And the reason is because we have a man atop that is incompetent. We know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. He's grossly incompetent. He shouldn't be there in the first place, but he's grossly incompetent. And he's going to get us into a World War III. And if you look at what he's doing in his policies, and you know the old story, his own people said he's never made a correct decision on that stuff in his life, on foreign policy in his life. And he really hasn't. But we have somebody that doesn't have a clue, and we're going to end up in World War III because of this. And in addition, we were energy into think of it. We were energy independent three years ago, totally energy. We were soon going to be energy dominant. We were going to be selling energy all over the world, paying off debt and lowering taxes. Instead, he stopped it. He stopped producing energy. He stopped drilling oil. The day that it hit the highest price ever, it's supposed to be just the opposite, okay? The day that it hit the highest price ever, and now it's going up very substantially, and people's heating bills and cooling bills and, and gasoline for their car is hitting is going to be it hitting made, and, and will be hitting records again. It made the poor people poorer because of yep. the price of gasoline and the price of food. It made the right. middle class poorer because of the price of food. And uh, yep. all he had to do is open up North America to spigots and the price yep. of oil would have went down to 55 again and the price of yep. food would have come down and the Fed would not have to raise interest rates, which destroyed, exactly. it destroyed the real estate industry, and then exactly. it also started to destroy the banks, and now the next yeah. shoe that's going to fall, Mr. President, is that the banks are not going to be lending, and you know what's going to happen to America if the banks don't lend to American yep. businesses? It all began when he drove the price of oil up, and now he wants to go to all electric cars, but we can't even, uh, you can't even cool your house in California and many different states. Many states, they have the brownouts and the blackouts. Uh, it's just the whole thing is crazy. Everything they're doing, open borders where millions of people are coming in from prisons and ever, but millions and millions of people are falling. No voter ID. Uh, the dollar is being decimated. The dollar, I mean, the dollar standard, we're not going to have a dollar anymore. It's going to be the wand. The wand is going to be the world currency. Uh, I mean, to, to think what they the damage that this guy has done. And I don't even think he knows it because it's inconceivable that anybody would say open borders is a good thing. A weak military is a good thing. And a woke military. They have woke and weak. And, uh, you know, it's sort of the same thing, to be oh. honest with you. But you look at the borders where the borders are opened and you look at what's happened with inflation. You said it better than anybody. Inflation was started because of energy prices, because it's so all invasive and energy went up. And all of a sudden, your food went up, and this went up, that. Then they lost the supply chains. Also, to a certain extent, started because of energy. And energy, 
Remember, I filled up the National Strategic Reserves. He used all of that oil that we, we filled. I bought 75 million barrels. Think of this. I just, 75 million at a really good price. In fact, you once commented that that was a great deal. I made a great deal for the country. Now you have to pay four times as much. But they they took that oil in order to try and keep the prices artificially low for the cars, for the gasoline, before an election. Now what's happened is that the strategic reserves are almost empty. They're the lowest they've been in decades. He's used that stuff, and you're going to see oil prices shoot to the sky. God forbid we had a war right now. You're going to see real inflation, John. God forbid we had a war right now. Just to make sure everybody understands this, I believe in immigration. I want people to come in. But I also believe in the Ellis Island Foundation, which we, me and you used to do, and uh, have checks and balances of who's coming and going. You want it legally. Yep. I we want, want to have people I come want in the legally, checks and balance yeah. who's coming right. in. At least yep. we know who's coming in, and we're not getting terrorists and criminals, and we're not getting uh, people that are going to hurt the United States. Yeah, and Title 42 well, John, is about remained, to be lifted. I had remain in Mexico. I had to remain in Mexico. Nobody can believe I got it, and I got it. Remain in Mexico. We had hundreds of thousands of people, and we wouldn't take them. I built hundreds of miles of wall. I was then building additional wall, and they didn't want to do it, so they stopped. Three weeks, it would have been completed. But I built hundreds of miles of wall, and that's why, because of that, and I got Mexico to put up 28,000 soldiers free of charge. Now, I you know, did say that. If you don't do it, we're going to charge you 25% tariff on your cars and everything else that you're selling. You're a smart businessman. So, you know, that's all. Yeah, no, I said, if, you, if you're not going to give us the soldiers, we're going to charge you 25% tariff on all of the cars and everything else coming in. But all of the cars, you know, they took 32% of our automobile manufacturing business, okay, 32% over the years. They didn't take it when I was there. I want to tell you that. So what happens is they gave us 28,000 soldiers. We had built hundreds of miles of wall. We had the best border we've ever had. And that includes human trafficking, which is terrible, usually in women, mostly in women, human trafficking, drugs, and people. And we had the best border we've ever had. Now we have the worst border we've ever had. And the worst border, probably, that the world has ever it's had. It's out of control. Yeah. Rita, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I want to ask, you know, because as you're talking about, obviously, why we're not doing certain things there. What are your thoughts, Mr. President, um, especially about Hunter Biden and about the fact, um, you know, President Biden, people are looking into this. We know James Comer is looking into this. How much trouble do you think Hunter Biden's in? And is his father uh, compromised? What do you, him, why, why policies? Rita, I'll answer that. They'll give him a slap on the hand. What do, you think? what do you think? I think it's incredible. And, you know, they've had this laptop, the laptop from hell, as we say. They've had this laptop for a long time. There's a lot worse information on that laptop than anybody would know. But look at look at on the other hand, look at what happens with his this whole document hoax. He's got 1,850 boxes of documents that nobody can see. He's got documents that are stored in Chinatown. Think of it, Chinatown. Why Chinatown? A large number is probably much classified information, and he can't have because he didn't have the right to declassify. I do. And all of this. And they talk about me. I'm like peanuts compared to him. What I did was right under the Presidential Records Act. Everything I did was right. And what he did, everything he did was wrong. They don't even talk about it. Uh, The laptop is a disaster. It shows crime at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And I think John is right. They'll do a slap on a wrist kind of thing, and they'll continue to go after Trump and other people. How do you deal with all the lawsuits, uh, Mr. President? I mean, and all this incoming. I mean, it's, I, I call you Teflon Don because it's amazing how much you are able to endure. Well, I, I tell you what, more than any, probably John would ask me this question, and he's a tough cookie. He said, how do you take it? Uh, you just do. I mean, it, they're crooked people. They're I think they hate the country. They're not they're not stupid people because anybody that can cheat like that in elections can't be stupid, but they're stupid with everything else and they they are it's really the party of disinformation. Uh I handle it. Uh they tried to impeach. It was impeachment hoax number 1, impeachment hoax number 2. We won that easily. Republicans were great. They stuck together. They did the Mueller witch hunt which was totally made up by them. 
You know, totally made up by them. Think of it. They spied on my campaign. Could you imagine if it was the other way? The Republicans spied on the Democrats and they'd bring back the electric chair. It's horrible. You you would have been in solitary confinement. uh, No, no, it would have been beyond. Think of it. We caught them spying on our campaign. And then you look, the FBI was in cahoots with Twitter. And then you look at this last thing with 51, every week something comes out, 51 so-called intelligence agents. Look at what they did. They wrote disinformation. They wrote that this was Russia disinformation when everybody knows it wasn't. This wasn't Russia. This was Hunter Biden's laptop. Very simple. They said it was Russia disinformation. They knew it was false. And yet these people are people that have headed up or currently headed up, but generally past and present headed up intelligence in our country. And they lied. You know, there are those that would say that was treason. But you have two standards. You have you have a standard. What what they get away with is unbelievable. It's a crooked country. You look at the borders are a mess. You look at the elections are a mess. You look at everything that's happening is a mess. And the whole world is watching the crime in our cities. Look, you live in New York City and you know the difference between now and four or five years ago. What a difference. It's a disaster. Our men in blue have no backing. When I left for Washington, we had a horrible mayor. But it was starting to get worse because of him. He was terrible. One of the worst ever. But you look at what's going on now with the crime and and the dishonest district attorneys and AGs, they're all political. Everything's political. These are dishonest people. But you look at the crime. They don't go after killers, but they go after politicians that didn't do anything wrong, that did everything right and that did a great job for the country and great job for the city. They go after them. And you know what? The people aren't going to stand for it. The people of our country are watching all this stuff. And they can't take it anymore because they they look at the corruption and they look at everything that's happened, John and Rita, and they're saying our country's not going to survive this. Well, I was sitting with a U.S. senator the other day, and our biggest concern, and we both were concerned about the same thing, that if we don't fix our country right now, in 2024, our country is not going to make it to 2076, the 300th year. Well, we have to make it to 2024, too. Don't forget, they've got a year and a half to destroy things. They, they, they Look, they're either stupid, which I don't think they are, or they truly want to destroy our country. This is like, who wants open borders? Who would, who would have this stuff? Who wants high taxes? Who wants high interest rates? They want high interest rates. They're driving up interest rates to a level, and it's affecting banks. And it's affecting lending, too. People can't get mortgages for houses. And, John, you and I know what that means because we've gone through it. And, they're gonna shut, the, and they the banks are going to shut down. They're going to shut down right. lending Bad because the Fed is putting pressure on them. Yep. Bad things happen. And I think that's what they want. I think they want bad things to happen. Inconceivable that that's what they want, but I think they want bad things to happen. Mr. President, thank you so much. And uh, we have to have a, uh, another conversation real soon because I think we do connect with the same uh, uh, same things that we are all concerned about. Care about this country. Well, I, I just to leave it on a positive, uh, first of all, you're both great and both friends, but to leave it on a positive we're going to win in 2024. We are going to turn it around. We're going to make America great again. We're going to make it great. We're going to lower oil prices. We're going to lower interest rates. We're going to get it all done. But I will say it cannot take it much longer because if that election's lost, I really think our country is doomed. I agree. Well, Mr. President, thank you so much for being here. We are so grateful. And again, uh, no doubt your book is number one on Amazon. Uh, again, everybody can get the book, 45books.com, Amazon.com. And it's, it's extraordinary. Your life is extraordinary. And uh, we'll be watching you closely. You're welcome back here on Cats and Cosby anytime. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, thank you very much. And thanks, John. And thanks, Rita. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot. Great show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What an interview. What a wide-ranging interview, and what an honor to have him here on Cats and Cosby. He said it it the way it was and the way it is. And uh, in the studio with us here, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. We have uh, Ed Cox, uh, well, New York State Chairman. And formerly, well, you still are the uh, 
son-in-law of President Nixon. Son-in-law of President Nixon married 50 years ago in the Rose Garden of the White House. Wow. President Trump just called him a good guy. Yes. (laughs) And uh, we have uh, Tony Carbonetti, uh, uh, chief of staff to uh, Rudy Giuliani. And and we're going to have, in in Rita, we're going to have a great discussion amongst all of us for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes. But we have to pay the bills. And uh, let's go. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back right after the break to have some more revelations. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. And uh, that was a, a one great interview. I think that's the best interview uh, President Trump has given in the entire season. He was terrific. He was, I thought he sounded presidential. He was focused. And I thought also, John, at the end of our exclusive interview that everybody you just heard here on Cats and Cosby, he hit it when he said, do you want high interest rates? Do you want skyrocketing crime? Do you want an open border? Um, Judge Weinberg, you got a reaction. I was listening to this and I said to myself, if fair-minded people would just listen to this man get over their psychological derangement and listen to what he's saying on the merits about the economy, about the borders, about crime, about a loss of stand in this country, about the energy dependency we've entered into. Anybody in their right minds, if they're not supporting this man for the election in 2024, has totally lost it. If you love this country, you have to listen to this interview. Well, I just got a, a text from uh, my friend Murray Bauer. He says, great interview, interview John. You're becoming... A- a guy like Walter Cronkite. Wow. <laughs> See, I always wanted to be Walter Cronkite. Wow. That's, that's very good. Actually, it was a great interview. And also, John, I thought your perspective with him was great because he he's a businessman. And you're one of the best businessmen in America. And, and to have the two of you, it was interesting to get well, your perspective. It's when I interview uh, the president and when other reporters interview the president, I'm a businessman like he was. And we know what what the buzzwords are. We know what what the ups and downs are. Ed Cox, uh, he, he referred uh, to you just, too. Well, he is the only businessman ever elected directly to be president of the United States. Frankly, at the start, he didn't think he could do that. He thought he had to run for governor of New York and be governor of New York before he could do it. But the fact is that he is, and that's why he talks like a businessman, not like a politician, and he comes across to the American people that way. What did you think, um, Ed Cox, also? Um, I thought one of the highlights of the interview, too, um, was when he was talking about the debates. Um, I asked him, are you going to debate or not? And his answer, he referred back to yeah, sort the, of the politics. The, uh, right. The debate in 1960, Vice Pre- everyone knew Vice President Nixon. Who knew Senator Kennedy? I mean, then he was just a senator. He was just another and, senator. But, but uh, because uh, Richard Nixon thought you ought to debate, and he did. But the political reality is if you're way ahead, as Vice President Nixon was, you do not debate. And so that's why he and, said, look, I'm 40 points ahead. Donald yeah. Trump said, why, yeah, why you're should 40 I debate? points ahead. Uh, the only thing you're going to do, what he said to me in uh, Dorita was, was the fact that he's going to have all the policy, all the uh, reporters in front of him ready to, to, to shoot him. Sure. Why should he put up with that crap? Yeah. So should, will what? the RNC have debates? Well, that's a question. Well, they can have a, they can debate themselves and nobody will be watching. Well, and the other point, John, too, is that he said, why should I stand on the stage with people who right now are single digits, too, when he is so far ahead? But he did recognize that when he's up against the he's nominee going against the Democrat, he's going to debate then. He did say that. Yes, because that, he will debate his yes. opponent in the Democratic Party. You right? have to. That you absolutely have, have to. Tony Carbonetti, what was your reaction? You are very critical about everybody. What was your reaction? I, I thought he stayed on point. Um, I, I think it was a great point when he made about Bagram. Um, we never should have left Bagram alone. I mean, gave it back the military uh, capabilities. Strategically, we should have stayed in Bagram. Uh, we would have kept to ourselves, told the Taliban, you know what? We're going to keep the base 100 miles outside of China. Strategically, a good thing for the United States. Don't harbor terrorists. We will never leave the base. You won't even know we're here. Just like Gitmo. We'll keep to ourselves. You know, one of the other things, too, about um, security, I want to go back to one of the economic security lines I thought was really powerful, guys, where he said, if we lose the dollar standard, it's like losing a major war. That, I thought, was really powerful. He is right. And something he, to really right, 
Yeah, no, he's right. Something we should worry about. I mean, we look, I said it. The White House, they have no respect from anybody, any of our allies. Who respects them? The Saudi Arabians? The problem the, is. The Brazilians? Nicaragua? If we keep running the deficits we're running, who's going to be buying our the bonds? The deficits right. don't care. It's having faith, having faith in the person in the White House that he is the leader of, uh, of the world. You know, and I had to ask him, too, because uh, President Biden just a little bit ago did the press conference, John, and in it, uh, you know, they asked about, uh, he said, a nation with a serious loss of credibility around the world. That's how he was referring to Trump. And Trump responded and said, uh, this guy has no concept of what's going on. We're dealing with nuclear countries right now. This is a serious time, and you need a serious leader who knows national security. You need to your a point. serious leader. Yep. You need somebody the other the other leaders of our, of the world respect. You need a serious leader that the opponents that China respects, that Putin respects. Do you think does anybody think that that Putin would have attacked the Ukraine if President Trump was president? No, anybody it, it, it shows you how show, fast show we've fallen. Show me the person that agrees. I'll show you a real stupid person. It, it shows you how fast we've fallen in the international sphere, where you know other countries think. They can just, oh, have a slight incursion. Isn't that what he, what he said? Yeah, minor, a minor incursion. incursion would be acceptable. How does it, you can't let another one country do, invade do, another country? Do you think that Macron would have played footsie with China if Trump were president? Yeah, absolutely and to make, not. And trying to take not. away from Pax Americana. Pax Americana is what guaranteed world peace and world stability. And when you don't have Pax Americana, you don't have American leadership. You have the unraveling, and then you have the hegemonic powers like China and Russia and Iran moving in for that vacuum. And that's what the Biden administration has done. And by the way, Iran and Saudi Arabia have now recognized each other for the first time. They are natural enemies. And guess who put them together? China. People's Republic of China. And what? And Not China, the United States. You, you see what China is doing? Uh, the Saudi Arabians are spending multi-billion dollars to build a, a oil refinery in China. Pakistan is buying from China, from Russia, on oil. India is buying from uh, Russia on oil. I mean, you know, President Biden, he wants to make batteries. Yeah, it's amazing. And by the way, I all I kept thinking about today, of all days to do the interview, John, which was why it was so blockbuster that we had him here, uh, just a few hours before, you saw President Biden there at the White House, and he's with the South Korean president, and they're talking about the nuclear threat and how worried they are about North Korea. Think about how different it was under President Trump. How close, you know, he had a relationship at least with Kim Jong Un. Uh, he kept him in place. They weren't doing the missile tests. There were so many different. What a different time we were in the world. And here today, he was saying, "Look, there are nuclear threats all over the place." Uh, whether it is China, we now whether given it's up, that. We're going to allow everyone to go nuclear, North Korea, Iran. The, the, I mean, a, it's a domino effect. Well, suppose the demand that Saudi Arabia is going to make on China says we want nukes exactly too. That's exactly what they're going to do. If, if you let Iran go, we have to go. It's and a domino happened, effect. Whatever happens to the Monroe Doctrine about keeping the foreign powers out of outer hemisphere? I don't, even, over. I, I don't even think anybody knows what the Monroe Doctrine means It means you anymore. keep your enemies out of uh, Yeah, well, that's for the educated. Hemisphere. Me, I'm a street guy. <laughs> and, and I feel like, you the know street what? Doctrine. Yeah, street doctrine. I feel like today it was such la-la land, um, and it was refreshing to hear. And I'm talking about uh, President Biden earlier because he was like, oh, you know, Things are this, they're that, they're this. Uh, the president doesn't know what he's talking about, referring to Trump. Everything was Trump's fault. And Trump laid it out, I thought, very concisely. A, about the economy, A, about security, A, about the world, and A, about the world respecting us. And leadership, it was nice to hear a president talk about secure borders, secure country, respecting America again. I, I'm sad, I hate to say it, I found it refreshing. We haven't heard it that much from this White House. John also echoed what we all believe. We're all pro-immigrant. Just want to know who's here. I wanted to get that straight, and I don't want people well, coming no out and saying we're immigrant. against immigration. We're all immigrants. We are pro-immigrant. We are I just pro. want to know who's we here. Just, we're against bringing in terrorists. We're against bring against bringing in drug addicts. And we're against bringing in uh, drug pushers. And I mean, the good we just people want, that want to come here don't mind that. We they want people to come here that want to work hard 
and become American. Well, you use the phrase checks and balances. I think that's that was a great appropriate law and order, checks and balances. I want people to throw that back at us. Oh, Trump is against immigration. I just wanted to put it right on the table. Absolutely. And then, by the way, and he kept talking about the border wall. He kept talking. He also threw out the number on uh, on immigration that he thinks 15 million people will cross uh, under basically uh, just this first term of President Biden. Uh, that was a stunning He's more number, right too. than wrong. That's a stunning number, John, right? Wow. He's more right than and wrong. And look what happened when we abandoned the Air Force Base in Afghanistan. And that changed the balance of power. And look who's the biggest arms dealers in the world now. Those people who've taken over that base with the 60-odd billion dollars worth of military equipment. They've now, we've now given At a minimum, it would have been a great bargaining chip. Well, we're having the, the same problem, and nobody, we didn't have, I didn't have time to ask the, uh, President Trump. He's, we're having the same problem with Sudan. The Sudan, or the, or the, or the American embassy has evacuated their uh, people from the American embassy but there's ten or fifteen thousand. Sixteen to seventeen thousand well, Americans. Well, there's fifteen to seventeen thousand Americans there that are that that are in trouble. And guess what, John? And two of them have died already. I heard. And John, that that's why I brought up Abraham Accords. You guys talk about again the irony. What's an Abraham Accord? I'm a street guy. No, no, no. Yeah, that's there why I'm explaining it. I'm explaining it. Afghanistan, Afghanistan that we have not gotten out yet. Well, You're and, absolutely right. And You're the, absolutely that's right. That's the problem. And the Abraham Accords are the deal that, of course, Israel and the relations with UAE, with Bahrain. And and by the way, Sudan was the fourth one of that deal that, that Trump did. So there was peace. There was this bridge when he was president. And now fast forward to what you I just remember, said, John. Wow. Guys, I remember, guys, and I think I brought it up once before. I was with President Clinton uh, at uh, Camp David. Uh, and... He was in pain because when he was asked to help the Sudan, and he didn't help it, he was in a lot of pain. I could feel the pain uh, that, what, 500,000, 600,000 Sudanese died? Was that much, Ed? It was that. Absolutely. Yeah, and let's not forget, by the way, he undercut, he undercut the checks and holding in check Iran. And now Iran is emboldened. It's the leading state sponsor of terrorism. It's a threat to the United States. It's a threat to Middle East peace. It's a threat to world peace. And they're emboldened. And this administration, this Biden administration, wants to resuscitate that deal. How foolish is that? And you know who they used to resuscitate it? Putin and Russia. Yes. Really? Well, Putin is, is going after Ukraine. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, you talked about holding the line. The only problem I had, Rita, is, you know, he went to number one on the Amazon Uh, list. I knew you were going to bring this up, John. I knew it. My book that was on the the top ten of of at least the Wall Street Journal has to fall down. Sorry about that, John. Actually, I correct you. You, There could be a a competition. It could be two right up there. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, you out there, you you know, (laughs) buy President Trump's book, but don't forget to buy mine, too. I knew it, John. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) I should have said another bestseller. You read President Trump's book, you'll, you'll be able to keep the world free. You read my book, You'll find out how to make an extra billion dollars. I'll tell you what, John. Both of them are If you live in a major city, buy John's book and steal Trump's book. (laughs) (laughs) It's a freebie. And you'll get back out on the street if you steal it. It's a freebie. It's okay. (laughs) By the way, you also talked about crime, too, because that was another issue. That's what he talked about with crime. He talked about this revolving door. And I thought at the end he said, does does anybody like the huge amount of crime rates we're seeing in this country? I thought that was a powerful message, too. It's terrible. Every major city. Look at all the Northeast cities, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C. Go out west. How about City. Seattle and Portland? It's terrible. It's, it's everywhere. How about, it's LA? everywhere. How about L.A. and San Francisco? You don't have to stay in the east. Go west, young man. Go west. Go west. By the way, also Hunter Biden, he touched on that. He touched on that intel letter that we've been talking about here on the show. Oh, that's too. what I'm afraid of, that, that he's going to get a, a slap on the hand. Uh, and uh, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden will be all over with. Uh, but we have to straighten out, Judge. Look, we all respect the law. I respect the law. Me, I'm just an honorary uh, lawyer. You guys are real lawyers. I mean, what's happened to the law profession? Not the law profession. It's the the so-called progressive left, which, as you would say, John, are totally regressive. They're the ones who've made our cities and states unlivable. They've created a culture of lawlessness, and we have to win back that fight. And I'm still waiting 
for this state legislature in New York to do the right thing? Well, on like I said, on Monday night, me and Margo and Chad was there. Cindy Adams had a big birthday, and she only had 12 people there, and she had the Cardinal there. She had uh, Governor Hochul there with her sister. She had Governor, uh, Mayor Adams there uh, with his gal. Uh, and uh, I whispered in Governor Hochul's ear, and I said, hang tough. You're a tough Irish girl. Hang tough. You got to make our city and our state tough on the crime bill. Otherwise, New York City, New York State will no longer be the Empire State. Yeah. Otherwise, we're doomed. I mean, and you know that was the other thing too. By the way, even even Trump also eloquently said these cities are doomed, and he said, you know, if this election is lost on crime and on energy, all these things we're talking about, we are doomed. Look how much that harm. Was a powerful. Look statement. how much harm has been done in so many areas by this administration, and we have a year and a half to go of more of the same. And they want to give us more of the same with Biden and Harris. Which, well, by the way, President Trump pointed that out. A year and a half to go. Think about the amount of damage and they've a year and a half, they, they can, can do. still do a lot of damage. Exactly. A lot of damage, and the American people have to stand up and say enough is enough. Absolutely. And you're looking at the numbers, too. I mean, he was reciting the numbers of how good it was. You also mentioned, John, too, under his economy, everybody was thriving. I mean, I, you know, you look at well, highest pre-co- rates. Pre-COVID, he's unbeatable. Yeah, pre-COVID, uh, unbeatable. And, of course, the whole world was damaged by COVID. I mean, we saw that. And, and uh, Biden has yet to say anything to uh, the president, Xi, about that one. You what? mean the Chinese virus? Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> You can say it. Okay. <laughs> okay, you can say it. Well, we're almost at the end of our show. I hope everybody enjoyed our show today. Uh, I thought President Trump was uh, a phenomenal. I think he said he said it the way it is. He was great. By the way, I also want to say he was great with Margot too, at the beginning of the show. I love that. Well, otherwise, I couldn't go home. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was great. He was wonderful. He loves all the cats and the Judge TVs. Richard Weinberg, thank you for being here. Uh, Ed Cox, a New York State Chairman, thank you for being here. Uh, Tony Carbonetti. Uh, and Chief of Staff to Rudy Giuliani, thank you. And Rita, I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, it was an honor to be with you, John. Thank you. It was an honor. And what do we all stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. We need God's blessing right now. Thank you so much.